excited to have my girl Jessie on the show today. Jessie and I have been like friends via social media, I feel like for so long, but also grew up around each other, like have known of each other, I feel like for a long time as well. Um, and I had put on my story, does anyone have any experience and want to talk about FOMO, fear of missing out, if you don't know what that means, which I'm sure most of you know what that means. Um, and Jesse said, yes, I have experience, which I think a lot of us do. And so I'm so excited, Jesse, for you to just like talk about your experience and ways that it's shown up for you, how it's impacted your mental health, um, and just like different ways that maybe it's shown up for both of us. Um, so first question, obviously just like, how has FOMO really shown up in your life and what does it mean to you? It's been such a like consistent theme of my story for most of my life. Um, I didn't really get like more backstory a little bit. I didn't really make really solid friends until I was ninth grade. And when I got those friends, anytime that something would happen that I can like, even I couldn't make it to, or I wasn't invited to the FOMO, like I started to learn what that was because I, I actually had a group of friends to be able to experience that with. And it's been something where like, I, I know what the feeling is, but it's, it's almost so like overpowering that it almost makes me feel kind of numb sometimes of like, what if my friends realize they're better off without me? What if like they stop inviting me because I can't make it to so many things? What if I'm not what that's, that group is looking for anymore? So FOMO for me comes up in a lot of different ways, but specifically feeds a lot of my anxiety that I already have without my friends. Yeah, no, I like so resonate with that. And I can picture myself in those moments. Like when you can't make something, I I always think about that. I'm like, well, if I don't go, like, are they going to not want to invite me anymore? You know, like, how is that impacting me? And I just wonder, and if, if for you, it's like, does it come from this place of feeling not enough, you know, like not feeling secure enough in those relationships, which is, you know, obviously a reflection of how we feel about ourselves and, and ultimately, right. But like, just not feeling that secureness to know that, like, if I don't go this day, it's going to be okay. I still struggle with it day in and day out. Like, how do you feel about that? Yes. That's, that's so true for me. I've always been so self-conscious about myself, like the way I act, the way I look, the way I talk, like literally any area of that you can think of, I probably felt insecure in it. And I say this all with like, I have the best friends that, that know what I feel and experience and they can, they can meet me where I'm at so well that it's nothing that they do to cause this for me. It's all in my own head. And like I just had, a, I had to miss a birthday party a couple of weeks ago um, for one of my friends and a whole group of my friends went and I actually was here working and I experienced so much FOMO of, okay, they're all going to do this. It's for a friend that we recently met. Will she replace my spot in the group? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's come up like in that way, but also I see it coming up in like work settings too. Of like, am I going to miss an opportunity? If I'm not at every single event, my job is hosting. Am I going to miss an opportunity to step further into my career if I'm, if I'm not there? So it's all, it's all strictly in my head. Nothing that no one is doing to cause us at all. In fact, it's probably the opposite for the people in my life that are like encouraging me 
to talk about it and to just know that it's okay and they still love me, but I definitely find myself in my head about it all the time. I wonder if it comes from being children. I feel like when you're a kid, kids are just so cruel. Like, I don't know you, but I feel like I just always remember, I think back to this time in like second grade, I, I swear I had no friends. Like, I just think I was boxed out of so much stuff and, And, you know, it it can be for a multitude of reasons, right? You know, kids, like they create things in their heads or there's, you know, internal jealousy or whatever. And it's just like, there can be multitude of reasons why someone might get like intentionally boxed out. And then I think that, and I don't know if you had experiences like that as a kid, but then that can like scar you forever. Cause you're like, okay, I've always had this in me. I'm insecure, right? Like I've had that as well of, I'm the type of person who comes home and is like, did I say everything too many times or did I overwhelm them with questions or, you know, did I act appropriate? Did I ask enough questions? Did I make them feel like they were loved? I did that last week on a Thursday. I'm 25 years old and I'm still worried about whether or not I'm making someone comfortable every single second and that they'll still yeah. want to be a friend. Do you remember anything as a kid that like could have brought this up? Yeah, I was bullied really bad as a kid. And all I wanted was to just have some friends at school. And in middle school, I felt it a lot. I had one, I had a best friend, but she didn't go to the same school as me. So when I was at school, I was completely alone. And I remember there was this one time, this group of girls started to like befriend me a little bit. And I was so, so excited and was like, starting to hang out with them more. And then that's the first time I remember kind of feeling like, oh, they did this without me now, but I'm not really their friend yet. Do they want to be my friend still? And then I would like second guess everything I'd say to the point where I wouldn't talk in the friendship in fear of saying something that will cause me to miss out. Like they won't invite me to things anymore. And it was the most stressful time to have friends because I was like, I'm not saying anything, but I have things I want to say, but what if it's the wrong thing? Like my brain was running a million miles an hour. It's like self-sabotage at that point. Like yeah. you're, you're so in your head that you just get to a point where, yeah, you don't say anything. So there is an inability to like connect on a level, right. And to create a friendship. And so you're like sabotaging your own stuff. Cause you're so worried about what the outcome could be. Exactly. Oh, it's just like so much, you know, I feel like it's so in our heads. And, and I wonder, I wonder if you think about this too, that do so many people feel this way and we just don't talk about it. And we like, pretend like we don't feel this way for sure, (laughs) for sure. And I'm sure there's probably a lot of feelings of missing out. Like those feelings that come with it, that we don't recognize as being those feelings. Like we're just, they're just kind of normal to us now at this point. Yes. Like I, I always think about that, even in the sense of you know, you, you worry that you're like awkward or something. I'm like, we're all awkward. Let's just be honest with the fact that like all humans are fucking awkward. Exactly. Like we all have some like fear of missing out in some time. And you know, people have started doing this, like I have joy of missing out and all this stuff. And I get that people can be like regular about it. And there's probably days where you feel, you know, like less anxious about it than other days. Right. Mm-hmm. But like there, there is always a sense of like, we're ingrained to want to fit in and to want to be a part of something and to be a part of community. And even if it's in your work, yeah. Like you want to be well-liked and 
I struggle with that so much, like perfectionism of like, I want to be liked. I want to be the best at everything. And if I'm not like, I'm failing in some way. Yeah. You said it kind of shows up for you at work. Like how else do you think it manifests at work? I think I'm still so new in my career here and like in ministry that I, I feel like I have to have like the right ideas, the right thoughts, the right, like idea of doing things in order to continue to move forward. Mm. But I don't like, I'm, I'm fully in a place of still learning. And I, once I embrace that, I started to feel that a little bit less of like, I'm still learning and I may say the wrong things, but that's okay. And it took actually some really hard conversations of like, why was I not included in this planning? I want to be included in this planning or debriefing um, of the why I wasn't involved that it was for my own good because I definitely overcommit myself to things. <laughs> it was, it was just a lot of, if I don't do this, I'm not going to like be able to have this career in ministry and do what I want to do. It's, it was again, like, it's a self-sabotage where it's, I'm going to miss out on the planning. Am, am I going to be too overcommitted? Am I going to burn out in this job sooner than I want to because of it? Yeah. I I like that you said it took some hard conversations. Have you been able to have conversations with friends as well? You said your friends are really supportive, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if there was ever a moment where you were, you know, or you assumed you were intentionally left out, like, have you had the courage to like stand up and and talk about that or ask about that? Yeah, um, I have. And I've had my friends do the same to me when something like that happens. So it was so important to have an honest relationship with my friends about it where, I was maybe accidentally left out of a group chat or it does have, it happens to me often where I click the wrong name. Like yeah. I have like, I have like six Kates in my phone. Yeah. Very high chance. I click the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> it's stuff like that, where as long as someone like says, like just says what they're feeling and like, there's going to be a solution or a reason behind it. And it may not be the reason you want to hear why you were invited, but it's also, I view it as a way to be able to learn more about yourself in it Mm. and like move, move on a little bit. Yeah. Like give yourself the gift of awareness and not be so in your head. Like, I just feel like truth gives you such a, such a clarity, you know, where you're like, okay, I now know this to be true. It's a fact, not a feeling. My therapist always talks about that. Like, okay, is this a fact or is it a feeling? And I feel like when you're experiencing FOMO, it's so much feeling based. Like I feel this way. I feel like they did this because of this. And I feel this and that, but if you get curious and you actually ask someone, you know, why that was happening, you might find, like you said, you might find the truth that it was an accident or that there was intention that they knew you wouldn't be able to make it or, you know, whatever it is. So I I feel like that's just so important. Yeah. I actually had, I had two friends a couple of years ago where it was the three of us, but in my case, my relationship with them alone was better than my relationship with them together Mm. and actually started that conversation of I feel really left out with you guys when we're together and it's always you two and like I'm just here to be another person Mm. and that friendship actually ended with those two people for me they they both kind of they kind of dumped me and went and it it, a lot of it stemmed from that conversation because there wasn't a lot of honesty in that friendship Mm. and I mean, they were two of my best friends. So it was, it was challenging when I had to go my separate ways from them, but 
that's like one example of where that honest conversation revealed a lot of truth and actually was so much better for me in the long run because of the honesty in it. So yeah, you feel like that in the in the end, obviously it hurt and it was painful. Like any breakup is, you know, a friend breakup or relationship breakup in the end though, you feel like it was probably what was best for you. Yeah. It was like, looking. it was like two years ago. Now it happened. And I honestly, like I missed out on things that was like a societal norm for them. Mm-hmm. That wasn't gonna, I didn't want to be a norm for me. I wanted to have my own path of joy that I had and it and ended up being two different things. So For all of us, I think it ended up being better that the friendship ended. Yeah. And I feel like that's where people sometimes get stuck is maybe in like the quantity versus quality and (laughs) feeling like, oh, I need all of these friends and I need to appear a certain way. I need to be included in all of this stuff. But as you grow and you evolve, you get older, you start to realize you, you get a job you love, you, you know, spend time doing that and you eventually, you know, maybe have a partner in life. Like you realize you don't have a lot of time for, you know, quantity relationships. You really have to focus on that quality. And I feel like that takes such courage. How was that process for you to like, know I have to have this conversation. This is how I'm feeling. Like, did it take a lot for you to, to have that conversation? I feel like that could be really challenging. It did. I had, I had to have the conversation twice because I did it with them separate because mm-hmm. my approach for both of them was going to be different. And so I had to have this conversation twice, which is not fun, but it, it did take a lot out of me for the time being following that conversation because while things might've been like surface level resolved for the time being, it ended up peeling back a lot of layers of our friendship that mm-hmm. we saw weren't good for us anymore. And I mean, I did the best I could in, in the conversation and that's all I could ask for. Did I learn different ways I could have said something? Absolutely. I think everyone can feel that way, but I definitely learned how to be better with confrontation. Like it's helped me have better conversations following that. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. I want to go back, like just to what you were kind of saying in the beginning, I think I kind of just clicked in my head of this, like fear aspect of fear of missing out. Right is so true. It's so, that's like the most honest part about it is that fear-based reaction. And I was actually reading, I'm reading 101 essays that will change the way you think. Have you read that? Haven't. You should. It's so good. Noted. Yeah. I mean, I've literally only gotten through like, I think like 15 pages because <laughs> I can only read self-help books at a very small <laughs> or slow pace, but it's already changing the way I think. So confirmed it does work, but <laughs> it was talking this morning just about like how the way you react to things is generally like a reflection of something you're scared of, you know, or like mm-hmm. something that you feel within yourself or something that, you know, frustrates you about other people is like fear-based. Right. And so yeah. if you get mad that someone is like, leaving you out. It's likely like that fear. And I don't know if you have this, but I have this fear of abandonment and it sounds like that's similar to kind of what you've experienced. Um, and like, I think it's just, it's obviously from childhood trauma and then like some other stuff that's happened in my life. And like, I genuinely have this fear that I'm not good enough, that I'm going to be abandoned by my friends. I, I had to have a conversation with my friends when we graduated from college, I had to sit them down and be like, just because we're graduating 
doesn't mean our friendship is over. Right. You know, like, I'm like, I don't think I can live without you guys. So like, can we can promise? And they just are the same. It sounds like as your friends of like having to remind me that like, we love you no matter what, you know, like we always will, but I just think that fear aspect of it is like, so, so true. And do you have like that fear of abandonment? Would you say as well? Yeah, I do. I have a fear of abandonment, but of my own cause, like I'm the one that caused people to abandon. So I have like in line with that, a fear of disappointing people that to the point where they're like, I don't want to invest any more time in you. Mm -hmm. And that's where then the missing out can come in because then I fear that they're going to start to do things without me. And it's maybe even like, like, yes, I'm going to miss out on things, but I think it's like the, the fear is seeing that process start mm-hmm. of them not include me. And then I get in my head of, oh, that I was invited to this event. What's going to be the next one I'm not invited to? Or I, I couldn't make this. I couldn't make the following event. I couldn't make coffee work with this person in this small time frame that they gave me. They're not going to ask me again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it feels like all three of those go like hand in hand with each other in ways that's different for everybody. Yeah. It's like more about the, the result of it than anything, you know, like the moment might not be that bad, right? You say no, or you can't make it because you have work or you need to just take time to yourself. Um, but like it's you, you fear the repercussions of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like it's so different for everyone, you know, like I don't always, I sometimes fear the repercussions and then, but most of the time it's just like the moment too, where I'm like, what am I missing in this moment? You know? And I feel like that's what a lot of people worry about is like, what fun am I missing out on? You know, what it was like when you're, you're younger, you're like, what inside jokes am I going to like not get when I like come back or whatever, Yeah. but it's just so, so fascinating how that all aligns. Yeah. I had a really rough week with this in June. There's a mission trip that my church did and so many of my friends went on it. And I originally was signed up, but backed out for a couple of reasons. And the whole week that they were gone, it was like so challenging for me because it was my decision to not go on the trip. I easily could have gone on this trip, but when they were all there, I'm like, there's going to be so many stories and inside jokes that they're going to realize like they all will have like this bond together because of this trip, because I've been on trips like this and know what can happen, which I think made added an extra layer to how hard it was knowing how these trips go and, and then coming back and having to hear all the stories while I was so fascinated to hear about these stories and like was so excited for what this trip did for them. I was also like, Oh, all I can think about is missing out on it. So that's all like that's flooding in my head when I want to just be excited for them, like that, it was such a great trip, mm-hmm. but my missing out brain took over for not only just that week, but the weeks to follow. Yeah. Oh, it's so it just like overwhelms you. Like it takes over in those moments. Mm-hmm. How have you coped with it? You know, it sounds like it has improved over time to a point where you do, again, you feel comfortable, like standing up for yourself. You feel comfortable, like having hard conversations, it sounds like you've made some really good friends who are also aware and supportive of it. Like how have you learned how to cope with this, like really challenging aspect of, of anxiety, essentially? 
I've had to be really intentional in my thinking in the process where I have to stop myself when I'm starting to feel it and ask myself, is staying home tonight going to make you a better friend in the long run for these people that you're not going to absolutely drain yourself just to physically be somewhere and staying home can also be able to not just be a shell of me that's going to an event. Like I'm physically here, but emotionally, like you've lost me because I'm so tired Mm. or like, okay, I have to work, but I'm loving what I'm doing. And even though I'm missing time with my friends, that's so valuable. I'm also doing something that's really good for me in the long run. And this one party, like, I also think about the fact, like this one party is going to be a fraction of people's memories in years to follow. Like, it's not going to be this like big monumental life change event, one party at a cidery or one new year's Eve. It's Mm going to be one of the many strings of things Mm -hmm. in the long run. So I just have to be so like kind of logical with myself of it's one thing you are fine. Your friends love you. Like almost tough love to myself to be like, just you're okay. (laughs) in all of this. It's like awareness of the fact that it's irrational in the sense, right? Like it's not that your feelings aren't valid. It's just that like, you know, in your head, like these are not rational thoughts. Like this is my anxiety taking over. These are feelings, not facts, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's like step one is like owning that this isn't real. This isn't truth that like your friends, if you don't go tonight are going to be like, well, we don't, you know, need to be her friend anymore. Cause you're so right. Like, I love what you said about, I am going to show up as a shell of a person. If I go tonight, Mm -hmm. I've had so many moments where I'm like, I can't decide if I want to go or not. And I had to realize, and Jack's helped me so much at this too, of like, okay, but if I go, I'm going to be a piece of shit. Like Mm -hmm. I will not be showing up as my best self. And like, is that good? in like you said, in the long run for our friendship, if I'm not a good person, when I go, like it's better off. I just, they're not going to notice. Like, is it, if I go and I'm awful or if I go, I don't go. And like, who cares yeah. I think about two, like, do you ever think, you know, back to an event, maybe three months ago. And you're like, do you even remember who was there? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just always assume all of my closest friends were at every single event. Even if I live in like a different state than them now, I'm like, oh yeah, you were there that night. It's like, yeah. Oh, like I don't live by you. I wasn't there, but I just assume that everyone was always there. I'm sure everyone else is doing that too. Like, you, yeah. said, you know, three months from now, they're not going to know if you were there. <laughs> yeah. I also have to like put myself in the place of someone at an event and realize like, oh, this person isn't here, but my love for them hasn't changed. Yes. They're not here. Okay, cool. They're not at this one. So it's going to be the same on the other side of it too, where I'm still going to be loved by the people that invited me or didn't invite me and they still care about me. It's just, maybe they knew this would be an event I wouldn't like, or a concert I wouldn't like or something like that. Yes. Oh, it's so good. And like, yeah, as you get, as you become older and like more, you know, settled in certain things, like we have friends in Utah here where like, we have friends who we go to yoga with. And we know that our other friends don't want to go to yoga. So we just don't invite them. And then we have friends that, you know, go like to go drinking and I don't drink. So it's kind of like, if I don't get invited or, you know, I mean, they always do invite in some capacity, but I, 
I struggled with this in high school a lot. Like just the idea of I'd rather just be invited and have the choice than like you to assume that I didn't want to go. And I feel like that's such a fine line, right? Like, I'm curious your thoughts on this of like, I do believe in the, the, the power of choice that there might be nights where I would want to go. Right. And so I'd rather have the option, but at the same time, like your friend is likely just thinking like, well, this person isn't interested in this thing. So I'm not going to invite them. Like, I'm not going to invite them to go to a club if they don't party, you know? Yeah. I have, I have a friend who she is like, in bed by like nine o'clock. She loves to read. Like that is her vibe. And it is not her vibe to go out. Mm -hmm. And there was one night we went out in Stillwater and the next day she was like, what the heck, where's my invite? And I told her, I'm like, first of all, we started at nine (laughs) o'clock. You wouldn't like this. She has a one drink limit. And I knew she would, once more people started to drink, more people probably pressure her to try and drink. And I literally told her, I'm like, I know you and you would not have probably had the most fun that you could have had. And you would say no. And then she was jokingly like ticked because that's like the basis of our friendship is like savagery. (laughs) And then she was like, oh, wait, you actually do know that I wouldn't like this. And you know me to the point where you you knew this would be something I enjoy. And then we do something that she does enjoy like pickleball. She loves pickleball. So (laughs) we do something like that. And it's, I think there's a really powerful thing in a friendship when you may not be invited to this thing, but also doing something, you know, they intentionally like to do. Yes. Oh, that's really good. I love that. Like instead of always defaulting to what quote unquote, everyone would just enjoy or everyone would just show up for, right? Like everyone's going to show up for a party or whatever, instead of just doing that, like go out of your way to make time for that person, not enjoy that thing. You know, like you said, like then go play in a pickleball night, like show that person you care about them. I love that. Cause I feel like I didn't necessarily always receive that. Like I would just, you know, there wouldn't be an invite out. And this was before I wasn't drinking and stuff. So sometimes it was just kind of random where it did feel like intentional. I think that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from with this too, but it just was like, you're always invited. And I'm like, okay, but that's great. Love that, that I'm always invited. However, I can't read minds and I don't know when something is going on. You know, like I can't just like saunter over and be like, oh, I knew y'all were hanging out. Like I, I know that this is happening right now. Like you have to inform people, but I love the, the premise of if you know your friend well enough, you'll know what they enjoy and do not enjoy. And mm-hmm. whoever your friend is that goes to bed at nine and likes to read sounds like my kind of person and, they just, <laughs> and I need to be friends. I'll connect you guys. Because <laughs> okay, I literally, Jack took a video of me on Friday night, Friday or Saturday night. I don't even know. It was literally 930. I had a face mask on my book on my chest and I'm just passed out. And he like <laughs> sent it to his brothers and he's like, it's a crazy Saturday night over here at the home grin. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I had to ask him at dinner the next day. I was like, babe, like, are you okay with this lifestyle? Like, do you, do you crave like a night out or anything crazy? You know, cause like, I feel like you accommodate my lifestyle a lot and I probably don't very much. accommodate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I love that. Like it also on my end, right? Like you can also be the person to go and do something that the other person might enjoy better. You know, like even if yeah. you are the reader, you can, you can probably try one night to go out and have that one drink and then go home or something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, it just, I mean, honestly, I feel like FOMO is so universal and it shows up more seriously for some people than others. You know, it sounds like it's been a very, you know, existing thing in your life. It's, I love everything you shared about how you deal with it and like putting yourself in someone's shoes when, when you invite or they're not at that event and you're like, I still love this person. It's like, yeah, duh. Like you are always loved no matter if you choose to go or not to go and never shut yourself too thin. If you, you know, just can't do it physically and mentally, like don't worry about it. You're always going to be loved. And if someone doesn't love you because you don't go to one event, like, is that really someone you want in your life anyway? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like this is so insightful and I'm glad that it's something that you feel like at least like have somewhat overcome. Like, do you feel like you've overcome it at some capacity? Yeah. And I'm someone that I'm like, I'm a, I share very easily my life. Like I'm so like comfortable sharing my life with people that the more I talk about it and the more I address it, the more I feel better with it and feel like I can actually like maybe not experience FOMO for a night and enjoy a night to myself to be able to like rest and relax and know that they're having fun and I will join in next time. Oh, that's so good. That reminds me of like a Brene Brown thing about, you know, like taking it out of your body. Like the more you talk about it, the less you give it power. Yes. that's so powerful to like you, the more you share, the more you open up, the more you inform people of this is how you're feeling. Like you said, when you didn't talk at all to those girls, it took the power completely from you. It completely collapsed on top of you. And now that you talk about it and you have open conversations with your friends and you're doing this, like sharing on a podcast about it, it's like, I got this. Like, I already know this. I've been here before and I'll be here. It's just, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I feel like it's just always going to be something that it may come in a new form at some time and I'll just have to learn how to deal with it in that new way. I feel like it's going to be something that's always going to be a part of my life, but it's just going to be how much I let it control my thought in my life with yeah. it. Just like anxiety, like it never fully goes away, but mm-hmm. like what does managing look like, you know, like you said, having those techniques of like, this is what I say to myself. This is how I converse with myself. Like, Oh, just love that. I love that. So good. Jesse. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so fun to be chatting with just you and just like one-on-one we need to do this more often. Um, I love it. <laughs> love it. Um, but I really do appreciate you sharing your story, being open. And I love that you are so open. I feel like that is truly a gift and to give that to others is just what makes them feel less alone in what they're going through and, and makes them really feel seen. And so you're just doing, you know, just beautiful work in that sense, even if it is, you know, just with those people close to you and that you meet along the way. So thank you for doing what you do. And I'm just, I'm just so glad you came and shared your story today. Yeah. Thank you for creating a safe space for everybody to share. Like you create such a great presence online and even just like talking to you now one-on-one Like you create such a great space for people and I'm so honored to be even just like a small fraction of what your podcast can do. 